Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Cricket Beyond Borders. I am your host, Aaron Surana. And today we'll be previewing Ashes in this episode. I am delighted to welcome my colleagues at Gorilla Cricket, Tony Bishop, who is an avid follower of Middlesex a senior cricket writer and a commentator at Gorilla Cricket and Messi Jez who lives in Perth. He follows the fortunes of the Australian team and he used to live in England back in the day. First of all, how are you? I'm in fine order. I'm, um, well, I'm looking forward, first of all, tomorrow to the World Test Championship, um, then to the Ashes. Uh, It's a huge summer. Um, I'm thrilled and excited, but little saddened by the fact it's compacted into such a short time frame and I think there will be prices to pay for the bodies of some of the cricketers who are being asked to do that but nonetheless um, genuinely excited great to be here too so I'm well I'm a bit damp and cold I've had six inches of rain in the last two days uh, after none for six months basically Um, but Cricket is the great joy of the Australian winter for me. Uh, the test matches in England start around uh, six o'clock in the evening and go through to one thirty in the morning. So that's you know perfect evening entertainment right through June and July for me. So I'm, I'm thoroughly excited uh, and I I feel more doubtful about this series than I have any for a long time to be honest. Hmm. Interesting. Wonderful to have both of you here on this episode. And as you rightly mentioned, Tony, we have some high-octane cricket on the cards. The buzz around the ashes has been archetypal. And uh, it is tailgating the World Test Championship. Uh, The hyperbole has been a common theme. Shots are being fired from both ends as far as the build-up to the ashes is concerned. Nathan Lyon has predicted a 5-0 route despite the Aussies (laughs) having... He's a new McGrath. (laughs) having not won a series in 22 years in England. And uh, on the other hand, Stuart Broad has undermined Australia's Ashes victory in 2021, which coincided with the pandemic. 
saying it does not count in his mind because COVID-19 restrictions made it impossible to function normally during the series. I don't think that's done a lot for Broad's um, credentials as a, a pundit. Certainly but not his popularity done, in Australia. <laughs> well, I, th I think it's just just uh, put up his stock as comedian uh, very, very quickly. Well, I'll tell you one uh, thing. He was having a laugh and everybody else sort of had a laugh yeah, with him. I think so. I think so. One thing that is interesting there is that you know, one of the things that I think is possibly true these days, particularly since, since you know, the... the sandpaper gate and all of those things and you know the, the, the justin langer moving on and all of those kind of stuff is there's a general feeling that cricketers now because they play on the world stage in so many franchises with each other that somehow to a certain extent the edge certainly the nastier edge is not quite what it was and what is quite interesting is i think those two comments have been made by two players who tend to be outside of that, <laughs> that sort of franchise bubble where they all, they, they all play with each other. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's a bit of that, Tony. But could well be true. Well, yeah, I, I do think the, the change in personalities has, has helped. Um, but I also think there's just a better appreciation of how no matches are won in the newspapers, you know? Um, and it doesn't matter what, what you say, uh, it's your play that's going, going to, to make the difference. Yeah. And, you know, the, especially the English tabloids, but the Australian tabloids aren't much better in terms of picking up something and making something out of nothing. And I think the exposure to social media that a lot of cricketers have had and then pulled away from makes them realise how vitriolic and damaging all that stuff is and they thought well why bother why bother trash talk before major sporting events has always been a way to get column inches these days click throughs yeah. but the fact is some things some things in life never change i'm delighted to a certain extent that, that you know a little bit of niggle and friendly rivalry there's nothing wrong with that as long as you can yeah. shake hands at the end of it yeah. and feel you've you know i go back to the spirit of 2005 um which at the end, you know, the image of Shane Warne shaking hands with Flintoff and that, that wonderful picture. You know, I don't care how hard mm. fought it is. I don't mind if there's a bit of edge, a bit of nickel, niggle, a bit of sledge. It's all par, part and parcel. Just don't just don't take it off the field. Brett Lee. Achieve that, fantastic. Was... Brett Lee, yeah. yeah, yeah. Brett Lee on his knees with, uh, I think it was Flintoff. Oh, it was Brett Lee, was it? Yeah, I thought it was Shane Warne. But yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and another bone of contention... Uh... Ahead of the Ashes has been Sussex inking a deal with Steve Smith. The short stint. It has cleaved the English trading discourse into two spheres with the general consensus being that England are providing Smith valuable practice ahead of the Ashes. Although a small minority, including the Sussex head coach Paul Fabris, do believe that uh, by signing stalwarts like Cheteshwar Pujara and Steve Smith, they're actually raising the profile of English cricket and allowing the county cricketers to rub the shoulders with the oh. best in the business. You had Smith, Pujara and Ollie Robinson all playing in Division 2 of the county championship. Brilliant. Fantastic. That's exactly what you need. And in Pujara's, well, you know, we talk about the Ashes, but in Pujara's case, it's 100% genuine, I think, affection and joy of playing for, for, for them and, and how well he does it. Um Personally, I don't mind it. 
I know what Sutt Fabre said. Uh, and sure, you know, Smith needs to get himself in some nick. But, but you know, the county championship benefits, the quality of the cricket that's played in the county championship benefits. Sussex benefits. He puts bums on seats. You know, it genuinely, to me, it's it's utterly reasonable. No worse than Ravi Ashwin playing one game for Surrey. <laughs> admittedly, he took, <laughs> admittedly, he took six for seventy-two or something. But you know, yeah. he did it. He, 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 he did it purely short-term deal. I think English counties should never turn down, even on a short-term basis, the opportunity to get the genuine top players of the game. And if, if why shouldn't they do it ahead of a series? Everyone wins in my in my book. There's a couple of dozen Australians playing county cricket at the moment. Mm. And I think it's good for their development as cricketers in the long term. That makes for better test cricket. Uh, and it's great for the counties. I mean, you look at people like Chris Rogers and Justin Langer, who spent years and years grafting out runs at Middlesex. county cricket. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, they became much loved members of their, the counties they played for as well. Um, yeah, this is a short-term deal, but it's true. One thing I, that Smith said that I do believe is that he just wanted to play cricket and he didn't get a stint in the IPL. So he, he would have gone and played club cricket or, or league cricket or anything to get a game, I suspect, because that's what he does. You know, that's who he is. Didn't they have a, didn't they have a, like a seven-hour training session of which he spent about yeah. six hours just refining his batting technique? <laughs> <laughs> and then he went and then he went to the nets afterwards here yeah so i think it i think it'll work you know labashane has been knocking out runs for glamorgan again interesting enough in division yeah. two smith uh nisa uh who i think probably will yeah. get a look in in the ashes i'm sure we, we yes. may well we may well come on to that you know um marcus harris didn't get the call i don't think but he's been doing a decent job always has for Glamorgan, even though he was described as mediocre by Justin Langer. Probably one of the reasons Justin Langer's not there anymore. Um, yeah, it, it's like I said, everybody wins. I'm just a little sad that by and large, it doesn't work the other way with the Sheffield Shield. I know there's Sheffield timing Shield. and other things go on, but I think it is a pity from, yeah. from an English perspective. We don't get more players going there to play in that. Yeah, correct. England is one of the few countries uh, which allows, makes a provision for overseas players to be playing in their domestic competition. So I just want both of you to shed a light on the financial implications and the crowd turnout factor as well. Uh, do you mean for county cricket or for the, for the test matches themselves? I mean, what kind of an impact does a Mohamed Rizwan playing in the county championship or Pujara turning up for Sussex has on the crowd factor? Because what, from what I gleaned out of match reports and the Twitter discourse was that the crowd was decent. The turnout was quite remarkable when these guys were on the field. Yeah, yeah. I think you've got to look at two things. Um, one is the attendance at the game. You've got to look at the streaming and you've got to look at the global attention that that, that it also brings. Um I also know, without giving, you know, as a regular attendee of Middlesex's um, board meetings, not board meetings, but when they open it up for members and stuff, members meetings, you know, if you take an Ashes year, generally, then the revenue, central revenue generated from the ECB to the counties kind of trebles in an, in, in, in an Ashes year and an India year, and it is less everywhere else. So when you look at pure finances, that's those series are hugely important. Um, I think it is just one of we've we've had we've had many great 
uh, as you mentioned, you mentioned Chris Rogers and you mentioned we had Adam Voges for years as well, yeah. who, God, I wish we had him now. Admittedly, a 10 year younger <laughs> version, but but he was he was magnificent. We had Umesh Yadav last year playing for us from India. Uh, absolutely terrific. Rahani had a great spell at Hampshire. I, I, I think you've mentioned Pajara. Um, you look at, at Sari with uh, Hashim Amla. Uh, uh, so cricket's a global game. Look at football. Take a look at football. You know, if I look at any single Premier League team, typically what you'll have three English players at most. You know, sports becoming more global. Cr- cricket very much the same. If it's the best players putting bums on seats and expanding the game so that people in Australia are interestedly watching Sussex playing Worcestershire (laughs) on a county stream, all the better. It cannot, I I don't see how anyone in that deal loses. Messers, what do you reckon? I agree entirely. I I think the Sheffield Shield is a little different in that, uh, A, there's only six Sheffield Shield teams. So there's a a limited availability and there's strong competition for them. I, I think without being too derogatory of County cricket, probably the general standard of uh, Sheffield Shield cricket is quite a bit higher uh, than county cricket without the overseas players. Uh, but the other thing is the structure is such that they only play five games, generally speaking, five games very early in the season. Then there's a big break for the big bash. Uh, they fi- play five games at the end of the season. So there's not a lot of uh, continuity in there for someone. And one of the, the things, particularly say somewhere like Western Australia, it's been really successful, has been about team building and consistency within the, the team. Uh, and uh, frankly, you'd be struggling to get into the West Australian team at the moment. Uh, they've won uh, mm. the Sheffield Shield, the Big Bash, and the One Day Cup twice, uh, sorry, this year and the previous year, both of them. Um, and they've got bowlers who would probably get close to getting an English test spot who can't get into the West Australian time side from time to time. So, you know, it, it's it's a different, uh, a different model entirely. Um, but that being said, we certainly have had the privilege of some wonderful cricketers. I remember watching Barry Richards play at the Wacker oh, South yeah. Australia. Tony Locke, captain South Australia, uh, Western Australia at that time, actually. Um, so, and in both of them uh, in Queensland for quite a while. Uh, so there have been sort of marquee players come in from time to time. But I think generally speaking, the, the feeling now is very strongly that uh, there is so much competition for places as it is. Uh, there's not really space to, to put a lot of extra people in. Yes, absolutely. Some wonderful points there. Yeah, it's just good to hear about these experiences. And I completely agree with the point that as long as the financial and the crowd turnout factor is bolstered, it is for the benefit of everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to the personnel, uh, the return of Johnny Bairstow has led to the exclusion of Ben Fawkes who in Besto's absence did absolutely nothing wrong to lose his place. And he's a notable absentee in that unchanged 16-man squad for the first two Ashes tests and the Ireland test. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, can he feel hard done by? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm a... 
Some people might be regard me as a conservative because I love test cricket and there's some things I really value about it. The irony is that I also love uh, the IPL. I think the IPL is a fantastic competition. But when it comes to test cricket, I'm a strong believer that you need the best wicketkeeper you can get. Uh, and hopefully that wicketkeeper can bat a bit. Now, in Folks' case, not only is he a great wicketkeeper, he's a bloody good batsman. He's got an average of about 32, I think it is, which is more than a number of people who've been playing for England over the last few years in batting positions only. Uh, he has done everything that could be asked of him when he's played for England, and then he's been booted because Bairstow's fit again. Now, I don't disagree that Bairstow should be able to come back into the team, but to do it uh, without finding a way to put folks who's a more valuable player than Crawley, in my view, into the team is just totally unfair. And I think it doesn't augur well. The other thing I'll say that doesn't augur well for England is if they're being serious about the possibility of Moen coming back in to play for Jack Leach. If that really is something they're contemplating, then that to me says to county cricketers everywhere, uh, you've got to be part of the club to get to play because basically the chosen few are allowed to play for England uh, who've who've done the right thing and uh, are seen to be part of the club. And aspiring upcomers don't necessarily get a chance if Moen comes back in. I don't think he will. I think it makes huge sense to bring someone like Will Jackson who can, can both spin and... Uh, and add a lot of strength to the batting order. But um, I'm I'm really angry about folks. I really am. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of did, betwixt the Did I make myself clear? Yeah, I think you <laughs> So basically, it's fine. You'll you're, you're just glad Johnny's back. You know, <laughs> bugger folks. That's the, 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 I kind of agree, because I'm, I'm the same as Messi, and I'm, I'm, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool lover of Test cricket. But I, you know, life is a series of trade-offs, and professional sport is hard, hard, hard. I think they were always going to find a way to get Johnny Bairstow back, particularly after last year. He's very much the poster boy for the England brand of cricket. You know, the amazing year he had last year, the, the almost beating the Gilbert Jessup record, the innings at Trent Bridge. I mean, he 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 has been that. That, that that talisman for the way England like to like like to play, um, folks undoubtedly is technically by far the better wicketkeeper. But I could see the trade-off being made there. Um, and I think over an English summer, well, an English month, month or two, month and a half, over an English month and a half, um, it, 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 uh, when five matches are extremely compacted. Uh, Things might change. So if I was Ben Folks, I, 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 I would still be expecting at some point the phone might just ring. Um, I do agree about Zach Crawley, but England will say, what is it? They've won 12 out of 13 tests. Um, we like the way he plays. We, we you know, we won't, don't want to upset too much rhythm about what, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they see bringing Bairstow back doesn't break, uh, isn't, isn't sort of a, a drastic change. It's merely retaining what they had had before to a certain extent. Um, 
wait and see what's happened after the first Ashes test or maybe the second. And I think you might see a shift around in, in, in that, depending on, on, mm. on how things are going. Yep. And adding to the point Messi made about playing your best wicketkeeper at all times, that is the exact uh, precondition for which the odds are being stacked in the favour of KS Bharat over Ishan Kishan as India approached the WTC final. Because even though Ishan Kishan is a like-for-like -like replacement for Rishabh Pant and offers that left-handed divergence from what is a battery of right-handers in the Indian top order, uh, the odds are still being stacked in the favour of KS Bharat because he is a better wicketkeeper, as we saw in the recently concluded Border Gavaskar Trophy. Yeah, it's I a similar. I, I see that similar debate. Barrett's the man with the gloves, isn't he? And he he, he played in all four of the um, uh, last series. Three raging turners, uh, followed by the the yeah. flattest track you'll ever come across when all India needed was a draw. <laughs> But, um, it, 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 yeah, I, I, I got a feeling they'll stick with KS Barrett for the Oval, but um, I'm less yeah, than expert. Yeah, and playing your, playing your best wicketkeeper gains even more significance in England because of the wobble factor that happens mm. when the ball passes the stumps. Yeah, 100%. You will get you'll get less so possibly at the, uh, the Oval from a World Test Championship perspective, but generally... You're absolutely right. Early morning, that ball's going to nip around quite quite a lot, and you've got two attacks in both Australia and England. Who are who, regardless of which seamers ultimately come in for England. That's, I mean, they've had their challenges in that department. Um, I still expect England to tend to favour bowling first if they win tosses. Ben Stokes has, I think, done that in far more than any other captain. I think in England history, probably percentage-wise, he's chosen to bowl first. Um, I don't know. I think Pat Cummings might as well. Lords, for example, bit of bit of cloud cover early morning. I'd be surprised. Both teams, I think, will want to get ahead of the game and look to put the other side under pressure. So you're right. The technical skills needed as a wicketkeeper for the moving ball are a factor. But Bairstow has ex enough enough experience to do that. It moved around against Ireland at Lords under some cloud cover, and I don't recall him ever even with potentially still a slightly dodgy limping leg, he he didn't actually misfield anything that I can particularly recall or, or put anything down. I think he's good enough with additional X factor. That's the ECB's point of view, and that's why they've stuck with him. Correct, correct. Makes sense. And this point of uh, less help from the surface is actually in keeping with my next question, hmm. that Ben Stokes has ordered uh, fast and flat wickets that would allow the employment of his favoured style of all-out attack. So, uh, if you've been keeping an eye on the recent reports, all the messages have been conveyed to the pitch curators that the pitches should be in keeping with the baseball style of play, the hyper-aggressive brand of cricket that has defined McCallum and Stokes here at the helm. So, I just wanted to ask both of you that English cricket, as we know it, has generally revolved around green-tinged surfaces. Mm that demand watertight batting techniques and batters across the board have struggled to score runs. So, how do the pitches prescribed by Stokes, the anodyne surfaces, change and alter the dynamics of the series? Ooh, that's an interesting one. Well, well I, I'd say firstly, first, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe it. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a, a pronouncement that this is what we're going to do. We'll see see what we see. And 
to be honest, it's not always within the purview, the, the capacity of the, the groundkeeper to be able to provide the wicket that's asked for. Um, and the other thing I'd say in relation to what you said was that it's not necessarily true to say that England wickets have always had this tinge of green and it's always been that way. Any more than it's true to say that, for instance, the whacker was always fast and bouncy. There have been really dull test matches there on roads. And in England, certainly the, the test matches that become more dramatic are often on uh, green seamers. Uh, but the truth is, I, I, I'm an old man. I remember the 60s. And England had some very, very dull wickets uh, back then. And there wasn't a lot of green seam available. And long, drawn-out draws that are incredibly dull. Edge in um, the 80s, flat as pancakes oh. when Dennis Amos was like yeah. scoring, you know, 100 every game he played in. I, I, it, it's, I, I take it a little bit with a pinch of salt because you also have to remember that key to winning a Test match and indeed to England's approach is aggressive field placing, bowl not to worry about conceding runs by and large, but to to take wickets and to win a test match, you've got to take 20 wickets. So um, I think I think what I, I'd more interpret that as something for bat and ball, but but that encourages shot making. Mm, mm, you know, mm. otherwise, you know, five draws. It, 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 what what Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes have nailed their colours to the mast for is to make test cricket sexy, exciting, watchable, <laughs> clickable, you know, YouTubeable, whatever it is. They want to make it fantastic to watch. That's their vision. And and you, you have to have something for both bat and ball for it it it, it to be that. So I, I'm not expecting yeah. feather beds. Um yeah. No. I d I, I don't think. No. Well, the other thing I'd say is that he's asked for shorter boundaries at 59 metres or whatever mm -hmm. the, the minimum is. Um, I mean, I, two things about that. Firstly, I think that could actually uh, favour Australia more than England because England had no problem clearing the boundaries uh, last summer uh, and shorter boundaries will just bring them in reach of more of the Australians, I suspect. Yeah, you could um, shoot yourself in the foot from an English perspective, couldn't you, yeah. in that one? But Tell the other you what. thing is, I'd be really disappointed if that's the case, because I like a ground where you can run three. You know, one of the things about the 20 over World Cup in Australia last year was the fact that at grounds like the MCG and uh, the Perth Stadium, there were big boundaries. And it changes the nature of T20 mm -hmm. in what I think is a really good way. You probably don't get as many sixes, but you get more. Uh, strategy in terms of field placements, you get more capacity for people to run three. I think it adds a dimension rather than take it away simply because uh, people can't hit quite as many sixes. I'll tell you what, I, I would Sorry, love Jamie. to be. Well, it's all right. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall if a conversation was ever had between McCullum and Stokes and Jimmy and Stuart Broad. Well, Stuart and Jimmy, I know this is likely to be your last Ashes series because, you know, one of you is over 40, one of you is <laughs> nearly there. Um, so what we're going to do is have flat friendly tracks and uh, shorter boundaries. How do you feel about that? You know, I mean, <laughs> so so some, somehow I'm not entirely sure 
that you know i think there's some kidology going on uh, as there ever is going back to our conversation it's not trash talk as such but there's definitely a little bit of kidology involved in some of yeah. this chat yeah yeah because tony the point you make is worth noting uh, about backfiring because it is worth noting that australian batters are in form like their top 6 averages 46 in the wtc the second edition comfortably two runs ahead of pakistan and uh, people like manas labushan steve smith travis had all sit among the top 7 having aggregated 1000 plus runs at 50 plus average and in case of had also striking at 80 runs per 100 balls so uh, this could be a case of as you rightly mentioned shooting themselves in the foot by preparing featherbed surfaces if they are actually rolled out Well, which of course was yeah. originally done to to get out of doing something. I don't think England are trying to get out of playing in the Ashes, but but yeah, it's come to mean something slightly different, hasn't it? Doing one thing that should be in your favour and ends up not being. Um, I I think they will be competitive surfaces. I think they will offer something for bat and ball. Um, I don't. I hope they don't shorten the boundaries. I don't. I, you know, the variety between pitches at Trent Bridge. There's only so much you could shorten them anyway. So. <laughs> It's certainly on one yeah, side, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so, 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 I, 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 no, I hope they don't artificially engineer things um, too. Obviously, there needs to be an even contest between bat and ball, and I, I, I think there will be. I'd be slightly worried about the robustness of England's attack more so than Australia. Yeah. I mean, that said, they've lost Hazelwood. Boland will be. It's going to be interesting to see how. how he goes whether nisa does get a run i think he will at some point because he's done so well in 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 county cricket i mean there's selection conundrums are plenty on both sides regardless of what the tracks are they're not going to be playing at trent bridge actually so they don't have to worry oh, about well that. that's probably why which is <laughs> and before we uh, dive into the selection conundrums i would just like to add to messi's point about it is not always easy to change the conditions of the pitch overnight even though it is coming from the top down so for example lucknow if you remember in the recently concluded ipl had wickets oh, uh, where only correct. 120 130 run games were conducted and bcci oh. made their efforts they pulled out all stops to change the conditions of the surface and create a high scoring venue but in the end it all came down to a bust because the average run scorers were around 130 140 marks so that's absolutely on spot that it's not possible to change the conditions overnight even if you are passing the message from the top down and wanting that transformation overnight that's exactly true mm. yeah. yeah no i i would it, uh, it was a, would it was a dreadful pitch back now really was they they should have been made to play all their games away <laughs> well yeah i think you'd have to be playing test matches at taunton if you wanted um those <laughs> you know ball, the ball ragging yes. square but i don't think that's in anyone's anyone's interest in england and probably why games... we don't produce quite the same quality of spinners as other other countries in some cases well it's it's an interesting question because i actually regard australia's batter's weakness biggest weakness as being against good spin uh which will be really interesting this week at the oval with uh, i don't know if both ashwin and jadeja will play but uh Uh, I think Australians struggle particularly early on against good spin. Um and there may be a sigh of relief that Jack Leach isn't playing but they're probably not going to be facing a lot of turn uh on any of those wickets in the t- in the Ashes. 
Yeah, I, I, I you know, I agree. I, I don't know if Arian, you want to come and talk about that, but the leech conundrum okay. has opened up a number of. In a way, he was nailed on because he's England's leading wicket taker. I think, isn't he? He's something like fifty-eight wickets in the in the in the Basball era. He's he's been terrific. He's been consistent, um, and he does give you the chance to tie down an end without, by and large, giving too much too much away. And that's exactly what he was doing against Ireland, as well as taking a couple of wickets. Okay, okay I, you know, I appreciate Ireland's certain limitations due to the lack of opportunity to to, to be genuinely Test match ready. Um, but it, it means that if you've you, you know you've taken out. It's like you, you had your plans in place. You've got plenty of things from an England perspective you're already worried about. You know, you've lost Archer. You 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 have lost Ollie Stone. You've you you had doubts about um uh, Robinson <laughs> until sort of fairly recently. Um the one thing you were kind of counting on, inked in, would be Jack Leach, and then all of a sudden you've lost Jack Leach. But it's interestingly, he's bowled more overs by far than anyone else in the in the yeah. um in the Baz, let's call it the Basball era since last year uh, against New Zealand, um, and therefore perhaps it's not necessarily. But you just don't expect spinners to get stress fractures. But he's certainly no. been the most used England bowler and yeah. quite, you know, silent hero. Really, everyone notices what the spe- the seamers do. The reality is, he's been an unspectacular but highly effective consistent factor in in the way England have played um I think psychologically in some ways it's it's a bit of a blow for them uh and how they replace him well you know I don't think they'll go to Parkinson sad sorry to say to for our friend Gary Naylor but I don't think they'll go to Parkinson um I think they're more like they've put the call out to Moen who basically said oh, I'm done I'm done with test cricket hasn't played any red ball cricket forever <laughs> and suddenly you want him to come in and, and hold an end and do the leech role they'd have to rethink the way they actually deployed the spinner okay he might add something to your your batting but even his recent red ball form when he last played was 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 shall we say pointing down rather than up to when to to, to when he was at his finest um it, that just feels a bit of a panic measure to me um i think their heart would be well let's give ray and ahmed ago and maybe if we had Ahmed and Jacks we can mix and match those two I think that would be potentially quite exciting both offer you a lot as well in the in the batting department from a, from an attacking perspective um, but a young man like Ray and Ahmed he's not going to tie down and end the way a Jack Leach would so um, again if if you go back to if England were genuinely going to play on flat batsman friendly tracks and you don't even have a a, a leech to tie an end down <laughs> it's another reason why you'd go well hang on that's 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 you've shot yourself in both foot feet <laughs> in a way mm-hmm. um so i guess my gut feel is i don't think moen will come back but by the time you issue this they will have made an announcement and i might be wrong i think they're more likely to go for the more all-rounded option of Jacks and uh, or Ray and Ahmed, um, and a lot of this, the mystery factor that no one is fully sure about, 
is does Ben Stokes play as an additional seamer or is he just batting only? Everyone who watched him against Ireland at Lords, every time he went to field, you thought, oh Lord, he's gone down. Oh, look at that. He's stretch hyperextending his tendonitis in his knee and, you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> it was a heart and mouth moment every time he went near the ball in the field. You know, mm. the first captain, I think, to win a test match ever without actually batting, bowling or keeping in the, in the entire test match. So um, he's clearly looking after himself. Your selection of a spinner and who and how might genuinely come down to honesty, which I'm sure there is within the England camp. We're just not seeing it from the outside as to what are the chances that Ben Stokes would actually be fit to bowl and how much. If the answer is sporadically and just occasionally as a partnership breaker, then they're going to have to think very hard about that spin option, I reckon. It brings to the fore what I think is a really interesting factor. That is, uh, uh, against Ireland, and I, you know, with greatest respect to Ireland, it wasn't the toughest supposition. But basically, England were playing 10 men and a captain. Um, I don't think they can afford to do that against Australia. Uh, and even if Stokes bats, uh, well, let me put it this way. No other player would be passed fit to play if the uh, on the criterion Stokes sets for himself that he said, if I can walk, I would be playing. That's not good enough. It's just uh, a double standard. And... I would have thought that the um, the reality is that if, for example, you do have a match that goes for five days, or several matches that go for five days, your bowlers are going to need to spread the load around. And particularly without Jack Leach, who, as you say, bowled more overs than anybody else. Even if you have someone like Rian Ahmed or, or Will Jacks, it's unlikely that they'll bowl to the same extent that Leach did. Um, so if you're depriving yourself of an extra bowler, uh, and I know Stokes has said that he will bowl, but at what cost? You know, is he actually going to damage himself further by bowling when he's actually not fit to do it? He has to have a cortisone injection to bowl every time. Um, my, my judgment is that they, sh unless he's fit, they should actually leave him as non-playing captain on the edge of the field and put another seamer in there or another all-rounder at least who can, can bowl some pace. Because Ooh. otherwise, I think they're making it really hard for themselves. Spoken like a true Australian. <laughs> I, don't think, I can't see a scenario they'll leave him out unless he's literally... He's, he's bed-bound. I can't see it happening. Well, I'm willing to predict that he will not play all five tests in the series. That might be true. And Ollie Pope, I think, is designated as, as um, yeah. vice-captain, which would be, wow, that would be really interesting. That would be a really but, interesting situation. I, I because saw, at this moment, um, his, his presence and the philosophy that he brings to the ground is equivalent to the all-round skills that he has, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, it, much as Bearstow is iconic, that sort of, sort of, in the, you know, the, 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 the style, talismanic 
I suppose. Then, and so of course is Ben Stokes. You know, no one will forget Headingley in 2019, and that sort of one man effort <laughs> that's you know a, a equivalent to both of them in '81. I think probably even better. It depends, you know, on your generation, I guess. But for a modern generation of cricket followers, Stokes arms aloft, Headingley just exploding with joy and relief as, as he somehow hauled England over the line in that test match is such a, 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 a um, you know something that will live forever it, it, it's to me that's up there with you know the the, the, the Shane Warne ball of the century the both of ashes that 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 as what test cricket can be when it's fiercely competitive and at its ultimate best and Ben Stokes is there so you, I, apart from Messi, I don't think you'll find a single Australian who would go, I think, you know, we'd rather Ben Stokes was in the team, not out of it. I think they'd all, they'd all be happiest if, if Ben Stokes wasn't in an England team and never do what you what is going to please your opponents. So I don't see it happening except just purely on fitness. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, Messi's point about alleviating the burden across the bowlers just made me hark back to the onset of the Border Gavaskar Trophy, where there was this conversation going between the Australian frontline spinners that who can partner and share the burden with Nathan Lyon. Because at that moment, Todd uh, Murphy and Matthew Kuhnman weren't really in the scheme of things. So, uh, the spin bowling attack hadn't been rubber stamped as of now. And uh, the Australian media was sort of hyping up Marnus Labuschagne's spin. And then he made a frank admission that he was not quite in the same league as a Matthew Kuhnman or a Todd Murphy. So, similarly, asking 10-15 overs of Joe Root actually dilutes the potency of the English attack, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, okay. I, I, I agree. And no part-time spinner. I know Joe Root occasionally says, you know, I'm an all-rounder, not a part-time spinner, but I don't genuinely think he believes it. I think it's just it's slightly in, 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 in jest. It's never going to be I think, as good as a specialist. Of course, they'll have amazing yeah. spells. I mean, Jay Root can always point to, what was it, five for seven? Might even have been yeah, seven five for five, for eight, I can't remember which way. But, you know, that was on a, you know, a, a sort of a, 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 a snake's Raging nest. Yeah. of A viper's <laughs> nest of, of, of turning, the, the ball turning. Um, he'll definitely get some overs, and he definitely offers you something. And he can now, he's got a leg break, he's added to his off breaks, and... Um, you know, he likes and to come around the weekend. And not forget the bouncer that he has that comes Yeah, he's got the bouncer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so he, he, he's a useful additional asset, particularly when the mantra is bold to take wickets, not to not 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 to not to save runs. Um, but you don't want to be relying on him. That's still my point of view. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, the, I'd agree entirely. Yeah, and the selection predicaments, I think, manifest themselves most starkly at the top of the order for both the teams. Because speaking of Zach Crawley and David Warner. So, uh, as far as Zach Crawley is concerned, before the Ireland test, uh, obviously it's not an opposition exactly bristling with quality. And that's why probably he's able to get runs. But his overall test average was 27 from 33 games uh, with 300s. And since the half century and 100 in the Rawalpindi test against Pakistan, he failed to pass 15 8 innings. And then after notching a ton in the West Indies in March 2022, he actually went 16 innings without a 50. So that is not in keeping with the standards that are expected out of an international cricketer nowadays. 
and mckellum and rob crowley actually uh, echoed their sentiments that we are not expecting consistency from crowley which actually made nasir hussain scratch his head that what are you exactly talking about so uh, i would just like to know from you guys being avid followers of english cricket that what is the exact mindset behind the handling of crowley and is the optimism actually misplaced in just backing him to the hilt well yeah <laughs> possibly yes when he does come off um he puts runs he and let's take ireland again with the classic no disrespect to ireland but you know but the proviso um <clears throat> he and duckett together rattled that scoring rate along to put england into an incredibly strong position so what england crave and look to do is get the runs on the board quickly strike rates for england in the, let's call it the baseball era have been like double ever anything under joe root they want to attack from the off with the bat they want to give their bowlers the maximum time to bowl the opposition out crawley when he does come off is well equipped to do that as as is is ben is a, as is ben duckett it's why a sibley or a burns ultimately <laughs> we went by the wayside although i think one could argue technical issues with both um i think possibly they've been in in, a, in previous eras 100% you know crawley would not be still there um i just feel they they believe if he comes good once every three or four, that still helps them to achieve that that objective. Um, and though, so they 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 want to stick with him. I reckon people will divide themselves into two camps: died in the wool traditionalists, where I'm looking at one now, <laughs> from where I'm sitting, <laughs> um, and those who 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 you know are slightly more adventurous. I think McCullum, and with him Ben Stokes, will take. The more left field options on occasions, if it's all about attacking, you know, what can we do to be more attacking? What can we do to put sides more under pressure? And I think they see Crawley, although flawed, as able to help them do yeah, that. Yeah. And go well, back to looking at the records with him playing, even if his own contributions have been patchy. Yeah, I. <laughs> I think there's a, a couple of things with Crawley. From Stikes and McCallum's point of view, when they first set on this path, one of the things they sought to develop amongst the England players and have done very successful successfully is removing fear from their agenda so that if they didn't score runs, it wasn't going to mean that all of a sudden they were no longer likely to be picked that they had some sort of future with the team even if they got out for a low score but they were trying to follow the agenda and i think that's worked really well for them over the last year but um i saw mccallum being interviewed in the lunch break on the first day of the island test by uh, that short-haired bloke from sky his name i can't remember uh, but ian ward <laughs> Yes, it may well have been Ian Ward. Uh, and it was my sense is that a lot of the the cricket press are very deferent. English cricket press are very deferential to both McCallum and 
Stokes because of the success they've had. Uh, and as a result, tend not to push too hard on things that may be really tricky. Uh, and McCallum's answer in relation to uh, Crawley was that he has huge potential. He plays some beautiful shots, which he certainly does, and that uh, he can come good, basically. Uh, the question is, how long do you wait for that to happen? Because, you know, even in the 56 he made uh, at Lords, 19 of those, 19 were French cuts between the wicketkeeper and the leg slip. You know, he was very lucky to get to 56. Uh, but he played a couple of exquisite drives as well. But consistency in an opener is really important even an attacking opener. And, you know, we'll come to Warner in a second. But Warner's um, history has been one of being an attacking opener who has a good defence when he chooses to use it uh, and has therefore got through those times and then gone on to accelerate rather than thinking you have to hit every ball for four. Now, I'd say over the last year, that's gone out of his head a bit. And it'll be really interesting to see what happens at the Oval, because I think that will set the stage for whether or not he plays in the Ashes. But uh, with Crawley, I don't sense that discipline that's required of an opener. No matter how attacking the team mantra may be, there are things you need to do as an opener. And one of them is to get the shine off the ball and, and weather the early stages. And I mean, England's had a massive problem with that over the last four or five years without any doubt at all. So the Root has almost ended up as an opener a lot of the time when he was batting at three. But um, I just I just don't think you can keep saying Crawley can stay there and we won't give anybody else a go because we think he's got potential. Um, yeah, w Warner, well, I don't know, but... Um, <laughs> Warner's a fascinating one to me. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because he, he, you know, he's kind of put pressure on himself. He basically has said, I want to go, I want to retire. I want to retire under my own terms. Uh, and I want to do it at the, at the SCG. Um, no. I think, again, in much the same way as any Australian does, would, would, would be happier if Stokes wasn't in the England team. I think most English fans will be happy if Warner's in the Australian team. <laughs> if only, if only for the fact that everybody wants to see the next round of Stuart Broad versus <laughs> versus, versus David Warner. You know, yeah. Broad's been he'll be coming around the wicket to a left to the left-hander um, at Lords, which I think is the second test. You'll have the the uh, the slope working either for or or against you with that that scenario. Um, everybody wants to see it. It's it's still the it's it's the it's the it's the Ali and Foreman of of cricket yep. in their you know both in their latter years is two old stages slugging it out who have got previous history. <laughs> everybody everybody wants to know how that's going to go. Um, however, if he gets some early failures, I say first two tests. I don't think Australia will, will be patient into the third test as far as David Warner's concerned, and he won't get before his the, wish. Yeah, before the IPL, I thought uh, Warner should be out of test cricket altogether. Ironically, the way he played in the IPL, he scored a lot of runs in the IPL, but he didn't do them at T20 speeds, although the last couple of games he played, he, he, he quickened up. 
But what he did was graft it. And as an opener, if you're not in touch, grafting is a really fucking strong attribute. Excuse my French. Um, <laughs> but it's, I think it's really good that there is the WTC championship for him to play in because he can show whether he's managed to accept the discipline that comes with that position now and not get out flashing in the second over to something outside the off stump that should have been left well alone. Um, so, you know, you can't deny that he's got a fantastic history, but he's got a dreadful history in England. Um, so, yeah, should he I be go, there? I, go I don't know. I, I think yes for the first two. Let's see what happens. Bit yeah, crawly like strongly, he's the Australian crawly conundrum. Strongly concur with Messi's view that eliminating fear has been the underpinning behind the baseball philosophy. Because uh, if you guys know about Paddy Upton, the mental health conditioning coach who won India the 2011 World Cup, he has always maintained that uh, fear of failure and performance pressure are the two single biggest hindrances to elite performance in cricket. Well, yes, I, and you know, I, 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 psychology in sport as the extra 2%. You have to have the technical ability, you have to have the determination, you have to have the physical fitness, you have to have all of those other things. But uh, psychology in sport is always a fascinating um, aspect of being able, the belief uh, that you can do it is, is, is huge. And Australia have always, you know, both sides have, will use that. And the Ashes is because it's such a, such a under the microscope event or series of events depending on how you want it is is it always brings that to the fore you know i go back to yeah. steve war and mental disintegration you know <laughs> you know his his whole approach over england was you know at the end of the day they're soft i remember i can't remember messi who's got a longer memory than me um uh, who was it who said the england side who famously somebody said they can't bat they can't bowl they can't field and when they went to tour Australia and actually won, didn't they? <laughs> well, no, actually, that was Shane Warne. Well, he, he, he denied it, but it was about a, a player, Colin Muller, who was picked to play for Australia, who frankly wasn't great. Um, oh, and right. it was picked up by the stump microphone. And the claim was that it was said by one of the cameramen, but it was clearly Shane Warne that said it about one of his colleagues can't, oh, can't right. back can't hold can't throw well, and, and also i mean she mentioned which is Shane the name Warren. of the podcast that uh, dan liebke and, and yeah. uh, cat absolutely. <laughs> absolutely well you mentioned shane warne i think this is the first ashes since he sadly left us you know, which which adds a certain you know poignancy mm. to it you won't find an english fan who doesn't love shane warne but you know going back to that that psychology point of view you know, before every Ashes he played in, he'd been working on a new mystery delivery. You know, there's only so many. There's one that goes this way, there's one that goes that way, and there's one yeah. that goes straight. <laughs> you know, there's only so many, so many mysteries you can yeah, come up with. But the psychology yeah. of believing there might be this new ball. And Stuart Broad has, oh. is, is taken up that mantle <laughs> as well to a certain extent, you know. When He's I said about, talked about new... taking the piss, yeah. Well, you know, but but to me, that's all that that's the fun side. That's 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 the the, yeah. the, the joy of it's it's Accurate. it's better than trash talk. 
because it's it's got yeah. witticism it's funny yeah. but also yeah. it ratchets up that that, that the, 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 the the tension and the an, an anticipation for for, for sure <laughs> um and and warn you know waiting for the war <laughs> for shane warns you know what's what's the new board he's going to decimate england with this time it's all that's all rooted in yeah. psychology yeah so never, never underestimate uh, it yeah the psychological battles and the amount of impact an ashes series has on people's mental health has been immense because mm. if you consider reading the biographies of marcus trescothic or jonathan trot how they were tormented by the latter was tormented by mitchell johnson in the ashes yeah. series and what effect i was had. just thinking of that yeah that uh, was extraordinary wasn't yeah, it i just <laughs> left him in tatters so it yeah. did a stephen finn unselectable and a horrible tour he had it it does. It puts you right in. The, it exposes you. It puts you right in the spotlight. Go back to, you know, the folks or the folks conversation we had a little bit a little while ago. It is a tough, tough sport. It's brilliant, magnificent, gripping entertainment. Um, has its rewards, but you're right under the spotlight for an intensive period of time. It, it, it stretches every mental and physical aspect of you. And that's why it's called test cricket. It's why it's not a T20 thrash. It's why it's not a one day international. It's test cricket because it is the ultimate test of all aspects of your ability in playing the game. So, and I shall now get off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> really profound observations in this episode and i'm thrilled to have both of you in this ashes preview thank you so much for coming guys well we were delighted thank you so much it's been a thank you thank you very much it's been great fun sports social podcast network lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.